Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Football season is here, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, whether that's the NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, baseball, or even golf. Head to BetOnline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another victorious edition of Believe in Saints. He is the receiver, Terrence Copper, and I am his co-host, David Grubb. And the Saints got a nice preseason win. You know, wasn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but to get another win, 22-17 over the Los Angeles Chargers. Man, first, you know, you got this team, the Saints go all the way to the West Coast, and they get followed by a hurricane. Like, <laughs> <laughs> at least they I guess they had to bring some of Louisiana with them on the road <laughs> right right like you mentioned earlier though that game wasn't pretty back and forth you know uh, more like a regular season game how a regular season game could go you know that's what it felt like uh, the best thing that I took from it and what I feel like I, I see improvement in is the way we finished the game. You know, we finished the game with our defense on the field. We made a stop, and that's how we sealed the deal. And that is how good football teams become great because they know how to finish games, whether they got to finish it with their defense or whether they got to finish off a drive with their offense. And just so this preseason game, our defense finished it all for us. Yeah, let's start with the defense just in general um, because I think they played a very solid game overall. Um the pass rush in particular, Brian Breesey, um, Peyton Turner, um, what's his name? Uh, Nico Lelos. Um, there was just a lot of guys up front, which where you really wanted to see that D-line create pressure. They were able to do that consistently. You got sacks. I mean, they got a lot of sacks in that game, mm-hmm. a lot of pressures in that game. Um, and then on top of that, they forced turnovers. The Saints have forced five turnovers in two preseason games, and there was a clear drop interception in this game. They could have had more opportunities um, defensively. I think that's in this type of game where offensively you're using a lot of backups. You want to see your defense be sound and also create opportunities, and they did both. Uh, they definitely did, man. And like I said, that's and that wasn't just with like with starters. Like just all around, our defense is solid. And I think this year, I mean, it's going to be the exact same way. Our defense has really, especially last few years, our defense has really anchored our football team. And I think it's it's no difference than what it's going to be the last few years. Now we just need our offense to come along, which I'm sure it will. Um, one thing that I was questioning, though, was pinning on our, at our left tackle. He had a time rolling with their uh, number 45. What's their team? They got a rookie. Yeah. What's um, his name? The, the rookie, number 45. 
I, gotta I can't remember out. his I name. I forgot his name too. Yeah, the defensive. The DN. I'll find it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but Penning had his hands full with him early in the game, trying to handle that guy. You know, so we just got to make sure our O line is sure up. But like I said, defensively, man, defense is going to be our staple uh, this year, and that's what you want. That's what you want, and especially when games when your offense is not clicking on all cylinders. Uh, as long as you have a defense, defense travels. You can go anywhere with a good defense and pull out a win. You know, so that's very encouraging to see. Absolutely, and and I think, you know, to get you bring in a guy like Jalen Smith, who comes in and had kind of been an afterthought, a guy who who, who had played very well. This is a former Pro Bowler. And he comes in this late in camp, but he looked fresh. He looked like he understood the defense, and he was aggressive in his first game with the team. Definitely. And, and I'm just glad to see him back out there because, truthfully, I don't know why he was – why he never stuck around. You know, he hadn't, he hadn't played, I think, maybe a year or two or so. Uh, I don't see why he didn't stick around anyway because, to me, I feel like he was – especially when he was in Dallas – I felt like he was one of the captains of that team, you know, and all of a sudden they pulled the rug from under them. But for him to come to New Orleans, I feel like that is a steal for us. I think we have a, a an amazing linebacker that still has a lot of juice left in the tank and that he can definitely bring a lot to the table when it comes to the defense side of the ball. And he's a solid tackler. And that's the most important thing for the Saints at the linebacker position is because the linebackers are required to do so much. They do so much sideline to sideline and in coverage. And he is a good tackler as well. You team that up with a Pete Werner, who's an outstanding tackler. And then a Demario Davis, when he gets back and fresh and healthy, we know what kind of player he is. That third linebacker, because, you know, typically the Saints played a lot of two linebacker sets, but it seems like this year they want to employ more three linebacker um, uh, sets as well because they don't have maybe the depth and experience on that D line. Give these linebackers some more of an opportunity to have Jalen Smith is, is, is a big help for that. Definitely, especially with his athleticism. And then then when you look at our, our DBs, for me watching the game, you know, we gave up some completions, don't get me wrong, but all those completions, the majority of those completions was tight coverage. You know, I'm talking about as soon as they catch it, we tackling right there for it, and that's what you want to see. You want to make these receivers make tough catches where guys are draped on them. If they make the catch, you got to tip your hat to them, but at least all these catches are going to be tough catches. We don't just have guys, the majority of our, our uh, passings, uh, when we were trying to defend them, we didn't have guys just running down the street, running down the, the field, you know, wide open, you know. So that's huge for our DBs to play as solid, even though we gave up some passing yards, but we are right there on the play. Only two plays over 20 yards through the air, though, which is which is a bit different than what we saw against Kansas City. You also mm-hmm. didn't see the breakdowns, the secondary breakdowns. Um, of plays when the quarterback was able to extend because they didn't really give him that time. But when you talk about yards per attempt, 41 attempts for 233 yards, you'll take that any day of the week defensively. Every day of the week. Every day. Look, you think about it. You have sometimes you have teams that rush for over 200 yards. You know, so for for defense to hold a offensive unit uh, and honestly – the charge is not a bad team. Not offensive. The charge is going to – Especially not offensive. Exactly. They're going to turn some heads this year. And for us to have – for those guys that have 41 attempts, 
and only put up 200 yards, like you said, we'll take it every day of the week, you know, especially with an offense like that. And then, you know, like we talked about the two picks, um, the running game, they gave up yards and scrambles primarily. I mean, you know, Easton Stick at quarterback had 63 of their 120 rushing yards. And those come on broken plays and scrambles. That's something you want to clean up, certainly. But I don't think that's the quarter. Again, you look at the quarterbacks that they face, you're not seeing a lot of runners on that list um, in the early part of the season, especially. So I don't think that's something that'll really carry over um, on the defensive side. The one other thing I did want to talk about on the defensive side is for two weeks now, though, the defense has done a pretty good job of not getting penalized. While the team as a whole has 27 penalties, the defense, only four of those um, against uh, San Diego. That's huge. That's The reason why I say it's huge because you're not beating yourself on the defense side of the ball. You know, if you're going to get beat, make this team drive the length of the field and see can they put a score and drive together without us giving them things, you know? And I think the type of defense we have, the pedigree of our defense, I think it's going to be hard for any team to drive the field without us giving them something and turning into points. It's going to be tough, especially if we play complimentary football when it comes to special teams and offense. But the defense side of the ball, I think we are going to be fine. Even the offense side of the ball, this team – I think the Saints fans, I think this is a season where, of course, we don't want to jump the gun too quick, but this is a season to be very optimistic about what can happen this year. Yeah, I think it, it, the the biggest thing is that, that build. How do they mm-hmm. get better week by week? And, of course, you want to be healthy on that back half of the season and playing your best November and December. But, again, you, let's go through the offense. First, Jameis Winston – put together a very, I thought, a very solid first half, considering mm-hmm. the protection problems that the line had and the penalties that the line had. The line, offensive line, four penalties in the first half, holding, false starts. I mean, the, the line just was not consistent, but Jameis stood in the pocket, made some very good throws, and then particularly that throw we've seen over the last two weeks, the, the touchdown pass that he threw to A.T., um, Perry last week, and then the sideline throw to Kendra Miller um, last night. Those are exceptional throws, and Jameis put them right on the money. Jameis is James is still a starter, but he's just in a backup role. You know, we got we got to remember Jameis is a first rounder. You know, a and number one pick, a, exactly. <laughs> a number one pick, and he put up a ton of yards when he was with Tampa. And even when he came to us, when he was healthy, he's done a great job when he's healthy. You know, so, you know, he's he is a starter that is playing the backup role. Uh, but like you said, one thing we have to do, we have to eliminate those penalties. Because, uh, like I said, the NFL is, is huge when it comes to analytics and different things like that. There are stats in there that tells you if you get a penalty on a drive, on any drive that you get a penalty on, it, uh, it, it almost – cuts your chances of scoring in half, almost 50%. If you get just one penalty on the drive because you're backing yourself up, so it, it cuts your, your scoring down in half uh, from the analytics, from what they're they're gathering information on. So anytime we go out there and we have a penalty, it's tough to overcome those penalties, especially if they're 10-yard penalties or 15-yard penalty. It's tough to overcome those. You know, So we have to eliminate those to continue our drives going without having to punt so much. 
Yeah, the yardage for those penalties was just ridiculous. Um, the offense was responsible for 75 yards in penalties alone. The defense, 41 yards. And then you get two on special teams, one of those being a personal foul, which you just cannot have on special teams in particular. But, yeah, that has been the biggest concern, I think, over the first two weeks, more than anything, has been the penalties. And, and those are the hitting yardage that sometimes you don't see in stat books. You don't you don't see the hitting yardage. And the way we measure hitting yardage is for every 50 yards of penalties, that's three points. For every 100 yard of penalties, that's six points to the opponents. You know, so if we have 100 yards of penalties, that's an extra six points that we gave them off of the hitting yardage. That's how we calculate penalties and yardage and quote unquote hitting yardage of high equivalence to points. You know, so if we can eliminate that. That's gonna be that's gonna be more even huger for us when it go when it comes to going to the regular season. Uh, eliminating come, penalties. When you come back from a situation like that after you've had a game with that many penalties, and the coaching staff is gonna you know take that time to look at the tape first before um, addressing the team and all those things, but. When you get back out on the field, how do coaches in particular start addressing these kinds of penalties? Because you can deal, I think you can, you know, you can, you can, you don't worry about, I think the, 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 the uh, extracurricular hit or, you know, something like that. You don't expect that to happen over and over again, but the false starts to have seven holding calls, seven holding calls. Those are things that you have to work on in practice. I think, you know, obviously most of this was second unit offensive linemen, but it tells you that these guys, that that depth at the offensive line may still be a concern. Yeah. Uh, and one thing that it shows, especially with the holding penalties and, and, and the offsides penalty, that the offsides comes with discipline. Uh, just being disciplined when you're tired, you know, to sit in there and listen to the snap count when you're tired. Uh, when it comes to the holding, the holding can be, a lot of things, but a lot of times of it, a lot of times it's because you're not paying attention to detail. You're being lazy with your feet. So you, you're grabbing a little bit more instead of working your feet more. Uh, so when it comes to holding, a lot of it is just being out of position. Uh, and that's when you get the holding call. So they're definitely going to address that in practice. They're definitely going to address the fundamentals, the details of things uh, just to eliminate those penalties and to make and keep it in our head, drill it in our heads you know, to eliminate these penalties. In the second half, we saw Jake Hayner come out again, had basically the same kind of performance that he had in, in the first game. You know, he was pretty accurate, 11 to 17. No, not a lot of big plays. He had the first real big, you know, that first big throw on the scramble, um, the catch and run, uh, no touchdown passes. But again, for a rookie, third string quarterback, he didn't turn the ball over. He, he got some points on the board. I'm not asking for more. No, I'm not asking for anything else. You just take care of the ball. That That's from a third-string receiver, from a third-string quarterback, not receiver, from a third-string quarterback, you're not looking for him to do anything spectacular. You just want him to protect the ball. Just don't get us beat. Just don't do anything that's going to get us beat. And especially with the defense that we have, let's put the onus on our defense, and you just manage the game. Just don't turn it over. That's all you want from your third string. Because at the end of the day, if you get down to your third string quarterback, we in trouble anyway. <laughs> you know, yep. so 
So we just want our third string quarterback just to do exactly what he did, be efficient. Let's not turn it over. Let's not do anything that's going to jeopardize the team. And let's see what our defense can do for us. Um, the, the ground game still really cannot get going. 26 carries for 61 yards. The longest run of the day, nine yards. Um, again, second unit offensive line mostly. But at some point, that physicality has got to kick in. And I think that that's something that, that does – not, not, not a great concern because you're seeing consistency pretty much from everybody. But I think that is something – this team has to be able to run the football when it, in those short yarded situations and to be able to give Derek Carr the opportunity to utilize play action. Yeah, I, I think once once the season start up and we start actually game planning, because, again, we're not game planning anybody. We're, we're just going to run our stuff versus whatever we see, you know, and so that could be a reason why our run game is hindered. Uh, of course, we got to be physical. That That's, you know, you ain't got to speak that. That is – that has to happen, especially in the old line. But I think once the season starts and we start actually game planning teams and game planning certain blocking situations, depending on what defense we're seeing, I think that'll help the run game a lot. And as we open this offense up a little bit more, I think it's going to help the run game also. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not concerned about anything right now. Nothing just jumps out at me like, this is a huge concern. We got to take care of this right now. You know, nothing jumps out at me like that. But, of course, you got to continue to get better in all facets of the game. We're never good enough in, at any position. We all got to keep getting better. But nothing jumps out at me just glaringly, oh, we got to get this fixed or we in trouble. Yeah, outside of the penalties, which I think is is, is generally a function of it, the backups. You know, I think that's primarily what it was. You look at those guys who got called for the penalties – Outside of a couple of them on the defensive side early, most of those are about backups. So I'm I'm not super concerned because we saw nine with the starters predominantly playing last week, and then it jumped and doubled with the backups. You expect week three with even more backups on the field and getting more extended mm -hmm. time, there'll probably be a few penalties then too. But I'm I'm like you, I don't really see the team is still healthy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You look like you have six legitimate wide receivers right now mm -hmm. six <laughs> and you still got to figure you know again your running back room looks good everything everything looks solid there your quarterback room looks tight your defensive line has played better than expected your secondary is healthy your defensive <laughs> your linebackers you found <laughs> a gym now in Jalen Smith right. right and you got a kicker so you it, right now yeah I don't want to say nothing else, kind of, because, like, there's nothing really bad to talk about. Right, right. That's the truth, man. Like I said, we just got to keep getting better. We just got to keep getting better, keep stacking these days, you know, as a team, as a unit, take care of our bodies. And let's, after this last preseason game, let's prepare for the regular season. Uh, it's going to be tough when it comes down to actually setting this roster. Who are we going to keep? Who are we going to get rid of? To me, I think that's the next most interesting thing about what's going to happen. And I'm not taking anything away from this last preseason game, but it's the last preseason game, you know? So it's, it's really going to come down to, to me, I feel like, okay, what's the next thing for us? The next big deal is who are we going to keep? Because we can't keep everybody, you know? You can't keep everybody. 
and and there's some tough choices to make. Uh, and you you look at the positions and where those numbers are going to come from. You know they're going to keep one extra back probably because of Alvin's early suspension. You know, like I said, with these wide receivers, you can't throw these guys out. Who who are you going to throw out amongst the starters in this receiver? You 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 know Michael Thomas is going to be there. You know uh, Chris Olave is going to be there. You know um, in the slot though. You can you have so many options for that third receiver role now, and you have running backs who can line up and catch the football. I'm I'm already thinking of possibilities of seeing Kendra Miller and Alvin Kamara on the field at the same time and seeing mm-hmm. what they might be able to do. Yep. To me, I think where we will lack, I can say we're gonna lack at, but I think where we'll take our losses at is probably the tight end position. I think we'll take our losses at the tight end position because we still have some young tight ends, a good young tight end that's talented. Uh, But I think that's where we'll cut our costs at, at the tight end position, because because the fact we have these receivers, we can always go 20 personnel, you know, and bring that extra, bring that other receiver in, you know, to play a tight end position, you know. So I think you have some options when it comes to, the tight end position by using maybe another back like a Taysom Hill or bringing in another receiver to replace a tight end in certain packages. I just think you have more wiggle room on the offensive side of the ball because you are so deep at receiver and you're so deep at running back as well. Yeah, it it still is going to be interesting where Taysom gets slotted officially. Because do they slot him as a tight end? Do they slot him as a running back? Do they slot him? They're certainly not going to slot him as a quarterback. So it's it's just it's it's that roster spot that breakdown is going to be very interesting because of his placement. So I'm I'm interested to see that. We saw the Saints cancel their their scheduled joint practice with the Texans. Um, I think that for the you know obviously the Texans called in first and said hey we got some bodies beat up and whatnot, but I think for the Saints. You've seen what you wanted to see in two weeks. I don't really need at this point. I think I think Dennis Allen was happy to get out of those practices at this point after what he's seen. Yeah, because that, even though I mean it's I know it's exciting for fans to be able to see two teams compete against each other during preseason for practice. But those practices can get intense. And when they get intense, more injuries can occur. And that's one thing that we don't want, especially this late in the preseason. We don't want those injuries, you know. So, like you said, I think I think Coach Allen was definitely happy that we canceled it because, you know, I think, like you said, we've seen what we need to see. I think we've seen what we need to see. Now it's all about going into week one healthy, and you just never know what happens with those joint practices with them other teams. Anything can happen in those practices. Like you saw, I mean, they had a very solid week with the pra- uh, pra- week of practice with the Chargers. Mm-hmm. But you also saw you got worried a little bit. Marshawn Lattimore had a practice where he came up and had his leg wrapped. You have you have Jimmy Graham having a health incident. Incident, you know, and I'm not saying that's because of the joint practice, but yeah. when you just increase the opportunities for those things potentially to occur, and then you take a team where, like you said, the Chargers are a team that you expect to do well this year. The Texans are a rebuilding team, which means that they have players who are less refined at certain spots, players who may need more work. And that means the the margin for error is much wider. You have more potential for guys to make mistakes in those situations. 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, everything you just said, you hit it right on the head. You know, especially with the with the Texans kind of rebuilding their program. Uh, like I, said, I think it'd be it'd have been great to see another team, but I don't think we need it right now. I think what, like I said, we've seen what we needed to see. I'm quite sure there's some other things that they probably want to iron out and see a few things. Maybe not see things in our starters, but maybe it's a couple of guys on the bubble that we need to see a little bit more of so they can help us make our decision when it comes to if we're going to keep this kid or we're going to let him go, we're going to put him on practice squad. You know, so there's still a lot of things to be seen from individuals. But I think overall as a team, I think they got a good grip on what we're kind of, what we're going to be good at and what we're not that we need to work more on. But I think individually, I think the coaching staff still need to see something from certain guys uh, that's on the bubble of making the team or not. I would say, and I want to get your thought on this, I would say the biggest difference that I've noticed from this team from last year to this year is last year I don't think they had an identity at all. I don't think they knew who they were. This group, and I give credit to Dennis Allen for this because I think he found himself, and until he was able to do that, and be confident in this being his system, his guys, everything. Everybody else was not able to fall in line until that happened. But now we've mm -hmm. seen him set a tone since going all the way back to mini camps of this is mine. I'm in control of this. I know what I want for this team now. And I think that's the biggest change that we that from last year to this year so far. Definitely. Definitely. Like I said, the fact that, and we talked about it last year on the podcast, that we didn't know we didn't have an identity. What are we good at? What are we going to do? But a lot of a lot of that identity crisis that we had come from, like you said, the fact that Coach Allen just getting the team, he's trying to figure out himself. And also when you go down and you don't have your starting quarterback, you're really not going to know who you are because you don't know what you can do. You know, think about it. Think of if we didn't have Drew Brees. Think if Drew Brees would have went down some seasons we wouldn't know what we had to do, what we had either. You know, so a lot of that was was on Coach Allen, like I said, him trying to find himself and also the fact that we were playing, you know, with a backup quarterback as well, still trying to figure out our identity. Before we wrap this up, I want to get your thoughts on this. Um, going into the final game of the preseason, like you said, it's it's it, this is really about those guys who are either trying to put something on tape for somebody else or those one or two fringe battles that are still going on. What's the mindset for the veterans during this last week of buildup before a game? What are you trying to do as a vet compared to the guys who are still trying to make a team? So I, as a vet, I mean, I think you still want to get a few series. I think you might get a series or two, um, so you really want to finish this last preseason game out executing. Let's just let's execute. Let's do what we have to do. Let's do our job. So when we come off the field, we feeling good about it. We feeling good about going into the season. Uh, for the younger guys, the younger guys is it's more pressure on the young guys to be honest because they know this is their last shot. You know to really show what they can do. Um, and really turn some heads, not just for the Saints, but like I said, other organizations that's out there as well. So it's really going to be a lot of pressure on these younger guys to go out there and make plays, uh, not like I said, not just to make this team, but to just stay in the NFL, period. You know, so it's more pressure on the younger guys, of course, uh, but the veterans, 
the mindset is different because you're looking at it like, okay, we want to end on a good note so we can go into the season, you know, feeling good about what we're doing. Uh, and for the younger guys, it's more about, man, I got to put work in to be able to make this team or make somebody team, you know? So the mindsets are different, but you still have the same calls to go out there and play well. So we do have this last preseason game at home and then uh, we start the regular season uh, right after that. What has been um, the most impressive thing that you've seen in the preseason so far to the Saints? Maybe it's a player, maybe it's something that you've seen that they've done. And then um, since we, we don't really have a high level of concern, what would be the one thing that you would like to see uh, tighten up uh, going into the regular season? So, and I know this, I mean, I know we've been talking about it, but it's just hard to say. It's hard for me to say a different position or a different player. That defense, man, our defense is really, I'm excited about our defense. You know, I'm very impressed. I've, I've always been impressed with our defense last few years. But the way that we're playing, even in preseason, you know, is is is, is great by the defense coordinator. It's great by the team, by the players, you know, by the organization from top to bottom, getting the right bodies in, you know, into the uh, into the program. You know, I think when it comes to what I think we need to improve on, to me, it still goes back to the O line. It still goes back to the O line. I'm not saying they're playing terrible, but even though I'm not overly concerned about the run game, but since you asked me the question, that is the position that I feel like we need to tighten up more is our O-line, and we do need to be able to establish the run, even though I'm not concerned about it right now. But it could be a concern if we don't continue to get better. I forgot this, man. How about let's give a shout-out to Ronald Curry. Let's give a shout out to Ronald Curry mm. for getting an opportunity to call plays. And he was aggressive with it. And if folks don't know, I mean, I know folks know Ronald Curry is like, but you and I, because we both lived out on the, uh, on the Atlantic coast. And this right. is a legend. This dude was Mike a Vick. Legend. Like we talk about, but a two sport Mike Vick, like two basketball Mike, and, and football. Yes. I watched I watched that dude at Carolina flick a ball flat-footed 60 yards in the air. And, I, I mean, just one of the most talented athletes I have ever seen at that level. And, and just now to see the development of him in his coaching career and over the years to develop, he turned into a wide receiver when he got to the NFL, figured that out, mm -hmm. then adapts, and now he's a coach, and he's working his way up. And I think you can see the level of respect that this franchise has for him and then I, th I just thought he was in command with his play calls during that, during the game. Man, look, like I said, I'm glad you brought him up, man, because I'm excited for him, like I said, especially with his coaching career moving forward the way it is. Uh, I think he did a good job out there calling the plays. But one thing about Ronald Curry, like, like you said, people don't know, but like I said, we've been out on the on this East Coast. He is – he's from the Virginia area. Yep. And that Newport I know news, that all Newport that. news area. Yeah. So everybody know of the Michael Vicks from that area, the Allen Iverson from that area. Look, I'm from North Carolina. Ronald Curry was bigger than both of those guys in high school. Was bigger than both of those players, bigger than your Michael Vick, bigger than your Allen Iversons. It was Ronald Curry that was the big talker. Every don't get me wrong, those guys was good athletes. Other two guys' names, of course. 
But Ronald Curry is right up there with those guys when it comes to high school athletes in that Virginia area. He was good. (laughs) Parade All-American in football, McDonald's All-American in basketball. Right. I mean, like, he could do it all. Like, I mean, people just don't know. He could do it all. Go look up some Ronald Curry on YouTube and see how great of an athlete he really was (laughs) as a young man. TC, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, my brother. We'll do we'll do this again later in the week before this final preseason game. There probably there may be some cuts, maybe some moves in the meantime. But brother, it's always a pleasure to get to sit down and talk football with you. Man, Dave, I appreciate it, man. Like I said, I love talking to you as well. You bring so much insight to the game. Uh, you give me a lot of insight on on things that we're talking about. You know, so I'm just appreciative, man. Well, until the next time, we'll be back soon. He is Terrence Copper. I am David Grubb, and this has been Believe in Saints. Who that? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.